Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I love that. There's like a group over here that was really enthusiastic about their good morning. Uh, I'm delirious. Yes. It is Easter. Happy Easter. I'm so thankful to be here and to celebrate what this day means for us as Christians, uh, what it means that Christ is victorious over death. And what I want to look at is specifically one of the gospel takes of this resurrection account. Each one of the four gospels has a slightly different perspective of the resurrection story. They're similar in many ways, but they uh, put different emphases on things. They put emphasis on different syllables, so to speak, right? And, uh, and one of the things about the gospel of Matthew is it focuses a lot on location, you know, location, location, location. It's so important, right? It's that real estate adage. Um, I moved here back in 2015, and I can say, like when my wife and I moved here back in 2015, we were looking around at houses, and we were shocked. Uh, we had a sticker shock then. Uh, we were like, whoa, starting houses in this area were around 500,000 or so, and, and uh, you could find some cheaper houses outside a little further. And now it's like, you know, 500 to $800,000, right? to get into the housing market, to buy a home here in Austin. And here's why I know this. Um, we just, if you're, if you're the visitor here this morning, we actually just called a, another pastor to serve, and he did accept, and he'll be joining us sometime in the summer. But I might have like maybe an hour of uh, film footage on my camera because I, I drove into a neighborhood, and I like have my camera out on my dash while I'm driving, and I'm, I'm talking to Pastor Anthony on the video like, ooh, look, that looks like a nice neighbor, and this is a nice house, and you want to move here? Yes, please uh, join us here in Austin. And uh, my wife and I went to go look at one of the homes that they were thinking about making an offer on, and within like 24 hours, the house sold for over $100,000 on the asking price, right? It's just crazy to me. Uh, the only thing uh, more miraculous than Pastor Anthony finding a house in Austin is, in fact, uh, the miracle of Jesus' resurrection. It's un- unreal. But location is important. Like when you're looking for a home, you're thinking about like what school districts you're going to be in, what your community is going to be like, what your neighbors are like. If you're going to start a business or or plant a church, you're thinking about what kind of people you want to reach or connect to or sell to, and it can sort of make or break things. And so location's important because you want to make a big splash. And what's interesting to me about the Gospel of Matthew is that the resurrection account in the Gospel of Matthew is not a big splash. And he focuses a lot on where Jesus is and what's going on, but it's kind of a, a... you know, there's all these like grand stories and then you get to the resurrection and it's like, wah, wah. like it's just, it's fast and it's short and it's speedy. And when and where it happens is also intriguing. Like in the Gospel of Matthew, there's all these miracles taking place and, and people gathering around to hear Jesus preach and teach. And in fact, I mean, you know, you've heard of this miracle, maybe the feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 people saw him perform this miracle and it was amazing. And you see all this energy around Jesus and people leaning in, wanting to see what he's going to do next. What is he going to say next? Who's he going to offend next? It was entertaining, it was intriguing. It's challenging. And then we get to his death. There's all this narrative about his arrest and his trial and his death on the cross. And it's interesting and, and it's intriguing. And then, and then we get to 
his resurrection account, and it's like one short chapter and then finished. It goes by very quickly. In fact, in Matthew 28, it says that at dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see him at the tomb. That is, early in the morning. Jesus makes his resurrection appearance when people are still asleep. When the day hasn't quite got going yet. Like I wonder, when I read this account and I think about all the other miracles that Jesus performed, why didn't Jesus come back from the dead like on a big festival Sunday in the middle of a crowd in Jerusalem? I'm here! I'm risen! Wow! Big splash. Big impact. Location matters. But he didn't. Why not? Why would he come back early in the morning, quiet? Not only that, but it says in the text that it was just the two women that showed up first. And this isn't meant to be offensive, but women weren't exactly considered great sources of truth and news back then. Um, for no reason other than just because of the social system. Like, women just weren't held as high, in high regard. And, and so, so the fact that, that this first resurrection moment was revealed to two women, it's kind of like, well, you know, why? Why didn't he go ahead and show up to the twelve right away or, or to some other officials that could testify and point to that truth instead of these women, which people would maybe just disregard, dismiss? And so the when and the where Matthew is paying attention to, and of course, Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary, they're sort of like, okay, yeah, where, where is Jesus then? And, and so the angel of the Lord appears to them, and he invites them to look in the tomb. He goes, I know who you are looking for, but he is not here. He is risen. Come and see for yourself. And it's important that they come and see. So they look in the tomb. Jesus physically isn't there. This is... The first sign that maybe something miraculous has taken place. But it doesn't prove that something miraculous has taken place. I mean, did Jesus raise from the dead? Is his body someplace else? Did he, like, just go to heaven? Is he spiritually in heaven now? Like, what, what's, what's going on? And so the women leave, and they turn to go, and then they run into Jesus. And they can see his feet. And they begin to worship him. They can physically touch him. And, and the location of Jesus' body is important because to be physically raised from the dead means that when he died, he didn't just like stay in the grave. But when he went to heaven, he didn't just like spiritually sort of ascend somewhere. He, he physically was present in a way that the women could touch and kiss and worship him because he was there. And Jesus had told the disciples earlier to head on to Galilee and wait for him to appear to them and, and show up. And he tells the women to go, go ahead and, and tell the disciples who are waiting what you have seen. So there's this sort of pattern here that you see sprinkled in the gospel of you know, coming to see what Jesus is up to and then going and telling what has been seen and experienced and done. And yet when I read the story, especially in Matthew, and, and then I think about this particular day, it just something feels off to me. 
Like this morning, I came in and everyone was rushing around, getting stuff all set up, and they were warming up their instruments and their voices, and, and I'm getting all dressed up, and it's humid, and I'm already starting to sweat, and, and I remember I came up here yesterday, it was the same kind of thing, everyone's just like checking everything out to make sure this day's perfect, because everyone comes on this day, Right? And I had to go sit in that back room because the sacristy, that room right over there, that door, that's the only room that has air conditioning right now that works really well. So I sat back in there in the cool for a few minutes before that first service started. And I just, I just had this moment, this thought that flashed into my brain, which was, um, don't forget what this is actually about. Like, it's, it's not actually about all of this. It's about the fact that Jesus is alive. It's about Jesus himself, actually. And we get so wrapped up in the busyness of life and things that sometimes we kind of get off course or we get distracted. And in the midst of everything, you know, you can't ask, where is Jesus? Kind of like the women, like, where is he? Where is he? I mean, is Jesus with the people in Ukraine right now? Is he risen? Is Jesus with the Russians? Is Jesus with us? Last week, um, both my daughters got sick, and so, of course, I had to stay home and take care of them. And all I remember thinking is, please, God, don't get sick. I can't get sick during Holy Week. And guess what? I got sick. (laughs) Is Jesus with me? No. No, he is. But last week was rough. I remember Monday, Thursday service, I'm standing up here and, and I, I pull out the bread and I, and I go to break it. Now, when I get really tired, two things happen. I get cranky. Like, I, I'll snap, I'll get cranky, I'll ignore people, I just, whatever. I apologize, okay? Or I'll, sometimes I'll get weepy, like, I'll just, like, cry. Like, my eyes will water and I'm like, it's the pollen, you know? <laughs> And uh, I was up here and I was breaking the bread, saying the words of institution, and all of a sudden my eyes started to water. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, it's like I'm going to start crying. And if I let myself cry, it's going to become an ugly cry really quickly because I'm tired. And so I pull it together and I think, you know, where, where is Jesus? Like what's trying to hold it together, you know? Good Friday, we had this massive cross. If you were here in worship, people were nailing sins and stuff to it. It was really cool. It was powerful. And then there's this moment where, where uh, me and one person significantly stronger than me had to lift the cross up and get it into place. And I remember backing up on the steps, and I'm sweating. And I keep thinking, am I sweating because I'm sick, or is it hot? And as we're pushing the cross up, I'm like, this is it. I'm going to fall down these steps. I'm going to faint. This is the last, last service for me this week. Where is Jesus? The beginning of the last service, I kid you not. I stand up to say, good morning, welcome, he is risen, he is risen indeed. The battery in my mic is dead. Is Jesus with us or is he not? It seems silly, but we, we spend so much time and energy trying to hold it together. To look good, to improve 
to continuously do something that, that shows people our faith or demonstrates faithfulness or maybe, in my case, brings you into the presence of Christ so that you connect with him in a different way. And, and, and I just kind of, you know, thinking about it, like, guess what? Like, you know what's going to happen after we leave service today? You're going to go somewhere for lunch. Maybe you're going to fight over deviled eggs. Your kids are going to fight over candy. They're going to become gremlins because of the sugar that they're consuming. You're going to be tired. You're going to have work next week. The problems that were unresolved before today are still going to be unresolved tomorrow. Guess what? I still have bills to pay. Is Jesus with us? Where is Jesus? And, I, and, I, and this is why I think, in a way, the Gospel of Matthew maybe downplays the resurrection just a little bit. Not because it's not significant, but because sometimes I think we make a mistake. And the mistake is this. If we spend so much time and energy holding it together, trying to be perfect, trying to follow Jesus and do everything that he calls us to. If that's what we're focused on, then we're focused on trying to be like Jesus and we're actually not focused on him. The same is true with Easter. If on Easter Sunday, the only thing you're focused on, if the only Thing you really pay attention to is the fact that he is risen. If that's all you look at, all you pay attention to, all you see, then you're not worshiping maybe Jesus, but maybe you're worshiping resurrection. Do you see what I'm saying? You see, life, in a way, is about, it is actually about dying to self. It's about giving up control. It's about knowing that, guess what? We're a mess. Life isn't perfect. There is chaos. There is uncertainty. And I don't even know what my next breath will bring. But in the midst of it all, he is with us. And it's not necessarily in the way that we think. And this is why I love the Gospel of Matthew. It may not be big and splashy. He's not going to show up at the big festival event and say, ta-da, here I am. It might be very subtle. You might even miss it at times. But Jesus is here. He's here. And Matthew keeps drawing our attention, not to all the things that he does, but to the man himself. In fact, uh, Matthew is bookended well this way. At the very beginning of the gospel in Matthew 1, 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. You fast forward to the very end of Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 20. Jesus is talking to his disciples after his resurrection. And he says, behold, I am with you always till the very end of the age. That is, he is with us yesterday, today, forever, till the very end of the age. God is with us. Jesus is with us. He is alive. Whether you're fighting over deviled eggs fighting with your spouse, wrestling with your children, 
not certain about what the next day brings, no matter what it is, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the joys, the sorrows, everything in between, every shade of emotion, feeling, and experience, in the midst of it all, he is with us because he is risen. Because he is alive, you live. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.